Welcome to the Musician's Venture Podcast. This is a podcast focused on lessons learned from musicians' backstories, as well as from building successful careers in the music business. My name is Nick O'Brien, and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events that Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. On occasion, I'll be joined by Allison M., the founder of Wisconsin Music Ventures, as she and I will dive into topics relevant to the music industry. So let's get down to business. Welcome to this episode of the Musician's Venture Podcast. I am your host, Nick O'Brien. For this episode, I had the chance to chat with Fox Valley-based musician Isaiah Dreesen, who is a Wisconsin Music Ventures musician member and describes his music as Western psychedelic folk. Isaiah plays mostly acoustic originals rooted in storytelling from his life experiences. He got his formal start in the music industry playing in a band called Salmon Run, He now plays solo and is working on putting together his first album that will be titled Boxes. Isaiah is also the founder of a co-op organization called The Cedars Project, which focuses on connecting community members with artists and local business owners in order to help one another grow and build sustainable projects. The headquarters of the organization is located on the property of the first home that was ever built in Little Chute, Wisconsin. The co-op's first project was The Cedars Festival, which was a two-day music event held in September 2022 that had a purpose of getting people together to enjoy and support the artists and local businesses in the Little Shoot area. Local musicians shared their talents, local business owners met and mingled, and the community members supported their work while also being rewarded with a positive experience. Now, I had never met Isaiah before this interview, so you'll get to hear our first conversation which dives into what he's currently up to with music and the story of how he accidentally became a musician. Isaiah shares how he became inspired to start the Cedars Project, as well as talks about the first edition of the Cedars Festival. We recorded this interview in late December 2022, and at the time, he was planning a New Year's Eve concert featuring a couple of Wisconsin-based bands. And I learned before we started recording the conversation that uh, at the last minute, he and his girlfriend decided to actually get married at the event. And after we were done recording the interview, Isaiah kindly invited me to attend the event, and I actually ended up going. And I can say that it was a great experience watching him and his now wife, Carolyn, get married, which was followed by performances by Tay and the Neighborly and Secret Menu. Isaiah and I talk about the first song he ever recorded when he was learning how to use recording equipment, and you'll get to hear that song at the end of this episode. The song is a creative and very playful expression uh, of his belief that people shouldn't be put into boxes when it comes to their identity, and the song actually features his wife singing along with him. The conversation between he and I ends with him sharing his vision for his music career and what he wants people to know about him. Now, as you'll learn from the interview, Isaiah is someone who really trusts the feeling of inspiration, as he doesn't overthink too much when it comes to creativity and music. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, Isaiah, to the to the Musicians Venture Podcast. Happy to have you here, man. Hello, how's it going? It's it's Sorry, going well. Yeah, it uh, like I like I said in the opening, like we've never met before, so this is going to be a fun, uh, fun conversation. 
Yeah, Isaiah. So I've I've gotten to know a little bit about you from you know your website, and you just uh, you know this past fall did an interview with Ben Slowey for Wisconsin Music Ventures website, which is when I learned that you also started a construction company. So on top of being a musician and a, a nonprofit like initiative uh, founder, you're also a small business owner in the construction field. Um, but let's focus in on on your music to start with. My man, uh, what is what is life like right now for for Isaiah Dreesen, the musician? What are you working on? Yeah, um, so right now I'm taking some time off. I'm not uh, really booking any gigs, uh, and I'm just gonna learn like music. I guess if that makes sense. I I didn't um, I didn't really study it in a way where like uh, for just like technique, physical technique. And also just like, I want to study just like how it works, music theory, and just kind of really understand music and just really dive into that. So I just want to take some time off, really focus, work on my guitar and I'm starting to uh, work on some piano. That's actually is been weird seeing how much that's helped my guitar get better by working with the piano and understanding just kind of how it works together a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, in the interview you did with Ben, you mentioned that you've got about four hours of material. Um, are you are you you're putting that into a like an album? Yeah, it's all pretty. It's like really rough, you know, um, so it's got to get cut down and, you know, work together. But there are a lot of different ideas I can draw from that. I just want to kind of narrow it down and get some real good uh, recordings and just put something together. That's just real nice. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, from what you've got listed on your website, it, it seems like you weren't necessarily ever intending on, on being a, a musician. It just kind of happened. Can you, can you tell that story for us? Uh, yeah. Um, oddly, like I, like, so I went to school, um, you did Madison for economics and I honestly, like when, like my thought process, pretty much my entire life was, I just didn't want to get a job save some money, start a business. And I just kind of was going down this route. I think a lot of people kind of just, you know, think they fall, they fall into. Right. Um, and then, so I'm like, okay, well, I don't, I'm pretty shy in public and I, I don't really project very loud. I'm like, I mumble. It's kind of like my family doesn't, you know, so I'm like, I'm going to take some vocal lessons and, if I'm able to sing in front of people, I'll be able to talk in front of people sort of thing. And then I was just kind of doing more, just be like a better business person in a sense. So I was doing that. And then I was like, I kind of like this singing thing. Like I'm looking, I'm looking forward to my lessons and stuff. Like, I'm like, this is, you know, every week I'm like, I can't wait to get back. I'm seeing the improvements. And then all of a sudden I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to get a guitar and just start strumming. And it was basically just like one strum down. It was really, really bad for many years, but I just started doing that. And then, yeah, I just kind of kept strumming, but I never really like focused on learning songs. So I just kind of write my own. So like, wasn't disciplined enough to do it. So that's kind of where it kind of started off. But then, so I, uh, so I was living out in Portland doing that. And then I moved back to um, hometown to help out with family business. And my friend Mandola and I we also grew up together. He was a little bit younger than me, but uh, I hit him up. I said, "Hey, man, I've been taking some vocal lessons, and uh, you know, I know he's playing guitar. So I'm like, hey, we should get together and jam and just make some music and stuff like that.' So we do that, and uh, 
it worked out. It was really nice. Um, we did, we did all of a sudden we just kind of started writing. Normally it just kind of started happening. And then we're like, let's do an open mic. And like, dude, we were so scared. Like looking back, it was like, I almost had a heart attack doing this open mic. Then we did a couple more and like, it was always just a thrill. It's like, man, I just want to keep going out there and just doing this. This is like a, I don't know, it's just something different in my life that like, gets me out of my routine, you know? Uh, so we did an open mic and all of a sudden lyric room and then Will, the owner up there, he liked it and booked us. So we opened up for this band. Uh, and I had this little band that formed. We played that one show and then that disbanded after that right away. But, uh, and then... Yeah, a lot of stuff happened after that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, has music kind of always been a part of your life? At least, like, you know, listening to it and going to live shows? Or or is this, you know, when you started taking these vocal lessons and started, like, realizing that you were you liked singing, was, was that, like, the first kind of, like, entry point to music? Or just take me back through, you know, where music kind of, like, was an inspiration for you to even think about starting to to create your own? Well, I, I always like really liked listening to music and I, like, it was just something I'd like to find new music. So I would spend hours just like downloading illegal music. <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I would do. And I know, and that I just, that's how I think I showed my passion for it for a while. I, ne- I never, never would have thought of, being a musician and ever it's really bizarre yeah so would you say that there are any particular artists or bands that inspire like your sound or your songwriting or who you are as a musician yeah totally i mean my dad so my dad had all sorts of cds so it was basically like growing up it was stuff that he was listening to um it was always kind of a little bit like uh off like it's not like your mainstream stuff it was kind of like he'd have like the Neil Young and uh, stuff like that, but then he also like the Big Tanya and just some like uh, what's that Canadian guy, the Bruce Colburn stuff like that. Some you know, so it's all sorts of different music. But yeah, that was that was definitely where the, a lot of the influence came from. Yeah, are, you mentioned your dad having a lot of CDs. Or is anyone else in your family like musically inclined, or are you the only one? On my mom's side, my um, my cousins are there's a bunch of singers and um, like my one cousin's actually she won a bunch of awards for vocals and stuff like that. Gotcha. So in the family, I think a little bit. Yeah. So you mentioned you're not like technically trained in any way, or I guess other than the vocal lessons that you took, um, but like you've just self-taught your, you know, you're, you're self-taught in terms of your, your guitar playing ability and, and piano and, and things like, and songwriting and stuff like that. That's just all kind of been like just grit and the will to do it. Um, well now I am taking lessons, uh, with guitar and piano, but yeah, I was a lot of, before that was just grit, but I was really, I'm like, I don't know. To me, it's like, okay, it's lessons. I could just learn this, but like I, I gain so much and like, it's like an investment for me. I'm like, I invest X amount of dollars every week into myself and it's something I like to do. It's been like the best investment. It's real yeah. pitily. Yeah. Yeah. So 
You know, you, you say on your website that, you know, you just really like making music and you, you know, growing up in, in, in a small town that creativity, you know, isn't really like encouraged. Um, like, tell me, tell us about like what, like making music like means to you from that perspective. I just like the way you can like express something like, and it just can be so moving. Like there's so many different mediums of art. And like movies, you know, like they can get people to like all these different emotions. But like you take music out of movies, you know, still like, like music can get people to chant, like to dance, it can get people to cry, it can get people to like relate to another, another without even like speaking the same language. Yeah, I feel that too. You know, it's just like, it's pretty crazy. It's how, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can definitely relate. Like, um, I am what most people would call kind of a live music junkie. Now I, I listen to a lot of recorded stuff. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, I, I was introduced to live music when I first moved to Wisconsin. And uh, honestly, I just haven't looked back. Like there's something about the experience of, of, of live performance, uh, particularly in music that it, like you said, it's just, it's moving. It, you can go through a whole range of, kind of emotional experiences and and then when you know kind of like the stories or the inspiration um that goes into the songs that you're hearing uh boy it just takes that to a whole new level so i'm curious about like your songwriting you know you you say that it's your real life experiences that inspires you to write you know have you always like kind of been a, a writer in that in that sense, but just not like musically. Did you write like poems, or did you did you journal? You know, growing up, I guess just what what unlocked this ability for you to be able to take experiences that you have in your life and turn it into music. Um. Yeah. So I definitely would say I've always been a writer. So when I was in when I was a kid, like high school, I used to have a website. For, you know, some friends and I would. Like, would make a bunch of videos and stuff like that. So we were, we were always making all sorts of all sorts of different videos. So then you had to write your your plot, you know, do the acting and all that stuff. So like that, you're still, you're telling a story. You know? And then uh, the other thing, like I had my my uncle Whitey, who would take me like turkey hunting and stuff, and he's like, "You got to learn how to tell stories, son." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it been like like getting your start in the industry like i mean there's there's more to it than you know just the the writing and the performing um you know there's the booking side there's you know like pricing yourself and how are how are you how are you learning you know the business side of of the music industry um yeah the booking um I can't stand the booking side. That's my least favorite part of the industry, but you just do it. You know, there's things that you don't like that you have to do. Right. But uh, just by doing, you learn, I try to watch and read some interviews of people uh, that have gone through the industry that kind of have some advice, some weird stuff that, uh, I don't know. I made, I read some article where this guy's like, your friends aren't going to want to come to your shows. And then all of a sudden they'll come to your show at some point, but they're not going to want to come in. I'm like, I'm really happy I read that because that gave me a lot of peace of mind. I'm like, do they just think I'm trash? I'm like, yeah, they do. 
because they're, they're my friends. <laughs> so, so it made and, sense. Yeah, yeah, and you're you're kind of in that you know Fox Cities area where there's a lot of you know a lot of really great musicians and you know just a lot of music in general. And you you talked about you know doing open mics and things like that. I assume you've got to be you know meeting other musicians who are probably um, you know kind of helping you like guide your your early stage of of your music career. Am I correct in assuming that? Oh yeah, everybody's been so uh, all the musicians I met so so helpful like everybody's just helping each other out that's been a really uh really awesome thing by kind of switching into this different industry it's just like the amount of people that you meet compared to like a lot of other occupations and jobs like i work by myself most of the time you know, like but then the music industry is like you open up like so many different avenues to meet people like not only just musicians but now you got venue owners promoters, all sorts of stuff so pretty cool yeah. Do um, any particular musicians uh, stand out to you in terms of like friends or people who have been kind of helping you or mentoring you in this process? No, I mean, well, I mean, I'm definitely say my friend Ryan that I was playing with in Salmon Run. I mean, we, you know, it was just like we both kind of really, it was just something that was not really planned, you know, we just kind of help each other out with that. And I was like, if, you know, we both needed each other to get to where we where we are right now and so like that was like a great relationship right there to have in that experience you know yeah yeah are you still hitting open mics pretty hard i haven't done much honestly i haven't done much i a lot of my music was just like really heavy and angry and sad and i don't feel that way anymore. so i just like i want to write some other stuff that's not that you know yeah, gotcha, gotcha. How do you? I'm I'm always curious to to get a musician's perspective on this because you know it used to be in music that you know there was there was rock, there was pop, there was country, you know there was blues, there was R B R and B, um, you know, and now there's all these different like iterations of kind of of genres, and it's it's never never a week goes by where I don't I'm not introduced to a new genre of of music, so. Like, how did you come to kind of describe your music as Western psychedelic folk? Just like, what were, how did you arrive at that? Uh, I thought, I just kind of thought it'd be funny. And then, I mean, because like half the time you read it, you're like, oh, okay. It's kind of tells you something, you know, it's like, but it's like, uh, I feel like if I say that, it says a lot more than three words. It's kind of like, what, what exactly is this Western fight? Or, you know, what's this guy's deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> More of that. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about the the Cedars project now, because I mean, obviously, you know, music is a part of your life and you're 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 trying to make it a career as well. But um, you know, this the Cedars project is something, you know, I've I've seen a couple of videos with you doing interviews with with folks about it, and you know, there's on the website, there's a ton of information out there too, but you know, I'd love to hear the story from your perspective, like in real time here, just what planted that seed in your mind for, for doing something like this? Um, well, you want the short story or the long story? I want the long story. Give it to me. <laughs> this is like a three hour story. Oh, um, okay. Well, <laughs> 
Maybe the medium-sized story. Okay. I had this thing happen to me. um, And I was, it was really just out of nowhere. Uh, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was like an anxiety attack or something like supernatural. And uh, this lady came up to me and she said some she said she was an angel and she's like you're jesus and i'm like what the hell does that mean and i'm like okay oh that's pretty messed up so i had like this weird anxiety attack and like for a week i kind of just lost like i was just shaking I couldn't sleep. I went over to like my friend's house and like I just kind of like did a bunch of crazy shit for like a week. Calmed down, um, sat with me for a really long time. I'm like, what does that even mean? Um, what the hell just happened? And I just like I thought about it really intensely. Like, okay, well, I, for one, I just want to be clear that I don't think of Jesus. But, like, I had to think about, like, death and, like, would I be willing to do some of that stuff? And, like, what's it like to actually, like, live? Like, I never, I was never religious, so I was like, well, what does this actually even mean? Um, and I just really started, like, I had to, like, think about it. Like, well, what am I even doing here? Like, the, th- the fact that, like, anything even exists whatsoever it's just a really bizarre concept to think about. And so like I was just kind of in this headspace for a few years, really heavy. And then with the political environment, uh, it just added to it because everybody kind of was thinking about their morals and, and what's the best route for humanity and X, Y, and Z. So fast forward, um, kind of go through that. Um, and I get to this uh, last winter and uh, all this stress and anxiety is finally kind of starting to come out of my body, but this trauma that's been stored. Like I'm starting to feel release of this energy. I go out to the West, uh, to Utah and uh, I'm with my girlfriend and I'm like, we just saw this flower that only blooms like every 50 years or something and i'm like you know what if like you know this flower only blooms like every 1500 years like what if every like 10,000 years like these canyon walls come alive and so like okay we go like you know kind of made you know, kind of really think much of it we go for this hike where we want to get like a 360 view of the sunset because all the figures canyon we got all these different colors of the rocks and stuff like that and as the sun goes down, all these faces start to form on the rock walls. And I've got like pictures of it and stuff. And it was just like, what the hell is going on, dude? This is messed up. Like, and everyone's like, you're on drugs. I'm like, my, my phone, like the pictures, like you can see it. Like, you're like, what is going on? So that fast forward, a um, few other times, I kept going to like, I kept being brought to like these mining towns. And like another time, a rock formation face forms on the wall, but like I 
keep learning about all this stuff with gold and it just like keeps being brought up in this weird like synchronistic way so we were out there and after like these weird things that have happened and all this like heavy thinking and stuff it's like i feel like we just need uh to, like i guess i feel like i personally just need to pick something i don't need to change anybody or make anybody do anything but like i just need to pick something that i believe in and like that's what i'm gonna do that's what's gonna be my life's work and uh you know somebody maybe wants to save the pandas like somebody maybe they want to colonize mars well this is what i'm gonna do and so i wanted to start uh co-op because i feel like it's a good cross between uh helping one another another helping one another out sharing the profit in a way where it's like everybody's got a vote that's equal and but also you have to contribute to the group in order to get compensated so it's like everybody's got to pull their weight but if you know everybody pulls their weight and works together like we'll all help each other out and we'll share this profit instead of you know this like welfare system and this capitalist system where it's like it doesn't it's not working for so that's kind of the thought. I'm like, well, this is what I can do. And uh, we can take it. And, um, and my thought is, you know, let's just start with some raw ingredients. Like, what do we have to work with? We got some food, some seeds, and we have our imagination. So that's some good raw material, raw resources right there, natural resources. Let's put them together. Let's just see where it goes. And then, and you know, maybe it's just going to be Carolyn and I that kind of do most of the work in the beginning, but all of a sudden you start meeting people like, hey, dude, yeah, I'd like to help out with this. I can do this. I can do video. I can, you know what I mean? And I'll just see, let's just see where it goes because it's a co-op. That's kind of the inspiration behind it. So that's kind of a, a short story. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, thank you for sharing that because I mean, this seems like something that is like deeply rooted inside of you. It's not just, you know, a, a business endeavor that you see an, an opportunity in the market. This is something that, um, it, like you said, feels like purpose. And, um, you know, I can, I can relate a lot. All of my work is, is comes from that type of a place like that. I feel like, uh, you know, I was put on this earth to do something, um, specific to, you know, connecting people and telling their stories and, and building communities uh, of creatives that, uh, that go on and not only create economic impact, but also create, you know, like cultural and societal impact. Um, and I, I, I said to you before we started the, the recorded part of this conversation that I think that you and I are similar in, in a sense, because um, it seems like what you're trying to create is this, this community of like, as you, as you said, raw, resources and and just get everybody to kind of chip in and and see you know what the fruits could be and uh that's really uh inspiring it's it's admirable and i i have to believe you have you know some sort of deeply rooted connection to to little shoot in that area as well because that's where you're that's where you're starting it and that's where you're aiming to kind of share the profits um, what's your connection um, to to that geographic location? I assume that's where you grew up. 
Um, I grew up in Kimberley, which is right across the bridge, but um, it's more of just like that's just where I was living, and this is what we have to work with. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, I I caught an interview that you did with a, a local TV station, you know, ahead of the Cedars Festival, um, and you had talked about the actual property, uh, two seventeen Canal, um, with was it was the first home that was built in Little, Little Shoot. Um, can you can you just talk about that and how that's been an inspiration to the project as well? Yeah, so that was really cool to. Part of this was um, just like doing, digging up some research and like on the history of the area. And I was like, like it was kind of investigating. Like I went to the library and I had to like dig up these like, like who's who and like, okay, so there's this, no, there's this uh, guy from the, I can't remember his name, but Father Theodore or something like that. So he came over and like I'm reading about him. And, all of a sudden, like in his writing, he describes the area. So I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get a picture of what this area looks like based upon him. Just he's not even trying to really tell me what the area looks like. He's telling me a different story, but it's really fascinating to like kind of look at. Like they picked this house. This is the first one. They got to choose anywhere why they placed it here. And like I'm staring out. I'm looking at a river. It's like down this hill, and it's cool. But I'm also looking at a river which is kind of interesting. So I'm like, maybe really dig up and be like, what would it, what did it look like? And uh, what, like, why did it, why does it look like it does now? And how do we get it to look like the way we want it to look like in the future? And what does that mean? And all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, with the, the, the name of the initiative being the Cedars project, um, I, I assume you're you're paying some homage to like the cedar trees in that area that were um, kind of cut down to for development and all of that. And is, am I am I correct in assuming that? Uh, yeah. So the Cedars Project got its name from uh, well, Kimberly used to be called the Cedars before it was, the name changed to Kimberly, but also uh, there was a treaty that was signed with the Menominee. Um, right down the road there and that was kind of basically like forced them off their land so it's called the treaty of cedars so that's kind of the the thought behind it yeah cool and so the first you know project that the the cedars project took on was a festival this past september and it was a two-day festival and you had you know lots of music there a lot of really great musicians uh, if i do say so myself um what was like the process like of putting together that festival? First of all, how did you even arrive at the festival or a festival being like the first project? What was the intention there? Um, so we went to this play, we went to this uh festival out in New York called Wild Festival, and it was like in this quarry, and it was like really super chill. Um, and they just had one stage and they had some food vendors and stuff like that but it was just like you could come listen for a little while then you can go back to the campsite but it was like chill like everybody's just having a good time you don't need security you know like and we just kind of wanted we're like we just wanted to share that with people we knew from back home we're like you guys love this but we can't get them to come out to Oregon so we're like, well we'll just kind of take the idea and bring it here a little bit so. nice yeah and um, 
did you, I, I think you, you worked with, with Allison M, the founder of Wisconsin Music Ventures a, a bit on that project on, on the festival. Oh yeah. She was awesome. That was like the best idea was getting her involved to get some help. Like she really helped me kind of get things straightened out and just focused and yeah, that was great. So, so tell me about the festival experience itself, those two days. And you had, you know, two days of, of music, like I said, great musicians there. Um, you know, what, what was that experience like? Did it, did it kind of meet your expectations? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was great. Uh, I, the best part was, um, just the neighbors were all like, they didn't, they were like, I told them, I'm like, yeah, these artists are like, like they live in Menasha. She lives in Chilton. They're like, what? They're like, they're from Menasha. Like, yeah, like these are people in our own community. Like we should be supporting these people. You know, like why, why wouldn't we want this? And uh, that was like the best part. They were just like, I don't know, just how blown away they were about how talented some of the musicians were. And they're right there, right under their nose. Yeah. Did you, I mean, you had some, some, I mean, Charlie Parr was there. You had, uh, you know, a couple other Wisconsin Music Ventures members. I know Natural Satellite and Raff and Company. Um, you know, uh, actually a, a, a pretty good former friend of mine. I shouldn't say former friend. He's still a friend, but we just don't catch up very much. Um, Billy Bronstead from the from the Wausau area. Um, did you know these artists before the festival? Um, yeah, besides Charlie, I've met everybody uh, briefly. At, like, I, I met Raph at an open mic in Madison. I was just down there visiting a friend, and I met him there and just talked to him a little bit. Um, and then the other ones I've met, uh, just largely like just like through, you know, playing at shows and crossing paths. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really bummed. I missed it. Cause it's, I mean, it was a, it was a great lineup. Uh, I assume you're, you're, are you planning another one? Is there going to be one in 2023? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, we're trying to do a, like a weekly series. Um, that'll be just like, It'll be pretty low key, but kind of, you know, it'll be the same setup. Um, and we'll be serving food out of the garden. We're working with the village. Um, not sure. Still a lot that needs to happen with that, but they've already expressed that they um, would like to see us expand it into the park a little bit more and possibly even put together like a weekly night farmer's market sort of thing. Cool. So, yeah. So that's kind of what we have on the horizon, but we're not really sure that's like this year few years out or something gotcha and is it safe to assume that music will always be a pretty integral part of of any project that the cedars project takes on oh yeah for sure but we, i mean we're not gonna put ourselves in a box you know if something comes up we'll do it you know yeah yeah so you had mentioned uh kind of when you were getting this started it was it was just you and you said caroline is your your, your girlfriend yep caroline yeah it is um is it just the two of you still, or are there other people who have jumped on board? Yep, yeah, it's just the two of us right now, but we haven't really done much since the festival. So. Gotcha. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm really like, like I said, I really respect what you're trying to do. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I've not spent much time in Little Shoot, um, I, and uh, and this is making me, you know, want, want to spend more time there. Um, and uh especially you keep having you know like 
if you keep having this festival and this moves into something weekly, like that, that's going to be something to, uh, to experience for sure. Um, so before we started the interview here, you had shared with me that, um, you're doing a little new year's Eve thing, uh, which was initially supposed to be, um, a, just a kind of a new year's Eve event, but you said you threw a little wrinkle in it, uh, this past weekend and decided that you were going to get married, um, uh, on that same night and, and make this event, you know, a, a new year's Eve party, as well as uh, a celebration of, of marriage. Uh, well, I gotta say, congrats, man. That sounds super cool. Um, is, uh, is what like what spawned that like I'm, I'm curious whatever you're willing to share in terms of like was that your idea was that her idea how did that happen um we were there we had a family christmas party that night before um on saturday night and we were talking and one of my cousins and we're like we we're just kind of joking we're like should we just get married that night too my cousin's like yeah you should do it and I'm like, Carolyn, what do you think? Should we, should we get married that night too? And she's like, yeah. So the next morning we woke up when we were sober and we're like, should we do it? And we're like, yeah, let's do it. Because we don't know. Because uh, we don't know what's going to happen. It just feels right. Let's just, why wait? Why yeah. Wait? You know, let's just have a good time. Yeah, that's... That's awesome. So, so, so let's talk more about the, the, let's talk about the song that you submitted, uh, to, to share with listeners at the end of this episode, because the song will play after, our, after our interview, um, okay. the song's titled, I was falling in love. And, you know, when you, when you sent it to me, you said, this is kind of just a little playful song and you want to talk more about that. Um, and it, your, your fiance, uh, future wife in a couple of weeks is featured on the song as well. Just, Take, tell me the story of the of this song, how this came to be. Okay, so so this is like right right when uh, COVID happened, I just started messing around, like just doing some recordings. It's like just I wanted to learn how to use the equipment and, and stuff. So this is like my first recording. I just had like an acoustic bass guitar and my trumpet and stuff. Uh, but I was just trying to have some fun and. I guess the thought is like, I don't want to be put into a box. Um, and that's like kind of why this song is like, it's different than my other songs, but that's kind of what I want to do with this album. And actually um, the name of the album is going to be called Boxes. And because uh, I think we like, put people in boxes, we put ourselves in boxes, but then like, we shouldn't like necessarily treat people like keep these people in boxes all the time. And uh, I just experienced that in my own life where it was, you know, I'm living out in Portland. I come back, I'm way different than I was when I was a kid. So now I'm living in my hometown, but everybody's already got me in this box where I'm Isaiah from, you know, peewee football or whatever, an hour or whatever it is, you know. And so everybody's got this perspective. And then it kind of messed with my head so much. I'm like, why do people look at me like that? But then all of a sudden I realized like, this is just a reflection of my self. So I'm, my self is reflecting out of them. It's, you know, coming back at me. And so that's kind of the thought of, of uh, kind of the thought of this whole song. We're saying, I'm not going to put myself in a box. I'm not going to put other people in a box. I'm not going to judge other people. I'm not going to judge myself. And that's kind of the, I guess, the message. 
Yeah. So is this a song that you had kind of put together um, to express your love for Carolyn? Uh, I don't know. I like, I just had this inspiration this like during this time where I like ended up writing like 10 songs like that would go for like a, a musical. And I was just kind of thinking like, there'd be like this kid who was uh, this is, like the story where the kid was, you know, in a reality and he's going one way and then he's got like he meets all these like little creatures that sing with him and they form a band and he's got to like kind of get himself back into a reality where people treat him into the in the box that he wants to be in sort of thing so that's why there's the little voices and stuff like that. yeah i like that and did i catch a kazoo in that in that song as well that was just my mouth, yeah. Just okay, like, all right. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, well, it's definitely creative um, and uh, probably one of the more um, kind of unconventional songs we'll feature on the podcast. But uh, I got to say, man, you are, um, you, are, you, are, you are living out like the, the quintessential expression of not being put in a box. You know, you're, you're, I mean, having just met you, you immediately seem like a, a really unconventional type of guy, um, creative type of guy, somebody who just makes decisions to do things and then you do it. Um, I love that. You, you don't tend to overthink things too much, huh? Um, yeah, that might not be a good thing though. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that, man. Like when you get struck with the inspiration or the creativity, you know, I think sometimes our our mind, um, the 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 more kind of thinking parts of our mind can kind of stand in our way, and it seems like uh, you just you you live on feeling and and inspiration and ideas. I think that's really respectable. Um, what do you you know? What do you envision for your music career? Is this? I know you've got a lot of things going on. So are you just going to continue kind of carving out time to make music? Um, when it hit, when that inspiration hits you, are you, are you going to try to, you know, ramp that up a little bit more and, and, and make a career out of it? What, what's your, what's your dream here with, with the music side of your life? Um, no, yeah, I definitely would like, I'm definitely like looking to ramp it up. I just, uh, just kind of taking a different, trying to focus on certain things that I know need work. Um, and I mean, I would love to, I think everybody, you know, take it as far as you can, but. I'd love to be able to travel with it, meet people. I don't really have any interest in being famous. That sounds kind of shitty, to be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, just leave me alone. I don't know. That's not the kind of attention I really look for. But uh, I don't know. If I could travel nationally, that would be, be pretty cool for me. And I just, honestly, my real dream is, like, I just want to put out some good music. Like, I want people to listen and be like, yeah, I really like that. Like, I just want to make a good meal, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And get to a point where your friends are coming to your shows because you're they don't think your music is trash, right? Yeah, I don't have to get married at a New Year's party just so my friends show up. <laughs> That's funny, man. <laughs> well, I, you know, I got to tell you, man, I've, I've never seen you play live, and that's one... Um, uh, one draw for me to come to your New Year's Eve party. Um, but, like, just, you know... Um, uh, I, I, I'm digging your vibe. I'm just, I just gotta say that I'm digging your vibe. Um, we always, I always end the the interviews with, um, a fairly big question. Um, and it's one that I think is, is 
is best answered when it's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the question. Um, so that question is, what's the most important thing that you want people to know about you, Isaiah Dreesen? You got a friend. Ah, I love that, man. I love that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so I appreciate you spending some time with with the Musicians Ventures and sharing your story with the listeners, um, sharing your music with the world, sharing your passion with the Little Shoot area through the Cedars Project. Um, I'm excited to see how that project kind of blossoms and and future festivals and music experiences. Yeah, well, Isaiah, this has been great. Appreciate your time and uh, appreciate your passion. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, you might just see me on New Year's Eve. I hope so, man.
Venture Podcast. Please leave ratings and reviews from wherever you're listening from. Check us out online at themusiciansventure.com for more information on what we have happening, to find past episodes, and ways to get in touch with us. Find us on social media at The Musicians Venture on Facebook and Instagram, and at Musician Venture on Twitter. Like and follow us on all those platforms, and hey, while you're there, engage with and share our content with your friends. The Musicians Venture Podcast is hosted by me, Nick O'Brien, with guest host appearances from Allison M. The podcast is produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music by Mike Neumeyer. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.